This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's myflexlearning.com forward slash B-E. Welcome, everybody. You're listening once again to the Authority Podcast and the B Podcast Network. It's summer, it's travel season, so we're really pleased to bring you a timely episode here to help some of you out there, especially you parents, with some advice and insights for planning your trips. My guest today is Dawn M. Barkley. She is an award-winning author who's spent a career working in different aspects of the travel industry, and her book, Traveling Different, Vacation Strategies for Parents of the Anxious, the Inflexible, and the Neurodiverse, helps parents of children with autism spectrum disorder and or mood or distraction disorder soothe their child's travel anxieties. Dawn, welcome to The Authority. Thank you so much. And I would add one thing to that. This book works for all families because every child, when they're taken out of their comfort zone, becomes anxious and inflexible. Yeah, absolutely. I could say that from experience, having a young (laughs) child born during the early stages of the pandemic in particular and not traveling at all for a couple of years. And then all the nerves and we had about, oh, should we, (laughs) when is it time to go? What should we try? How's this going to be? And um, you don't really know until you, you kind of make a plan and go for it. For parents maybe who haven't yet taken a trip with their kids and they obviously know there's going to be some challenges, but they might not exactly know quite what to anticipate. Are there particular challenges that are most common that you have in mind when you're working on making a plan that parents should just plan ahead for, anticipate, and then they can start to plan? Yeah, I think the most important thing to remember is that children crave routine and predictability, as I think we all do. We feel comfortable when we know what's going to happen. And for that reason, the worst thing I think you can do is spring a vacation on a child, like the day of, say, oh, guess what? We're going to X, Y, Z this today. It's like the child has no time to mentally prepare or emotionally prepare. I think you have to start months in advance by getting the child ready. And there are a lot of ways you can do that. In fact, a big portion of my book is about how to get the child ready. So 
one thing is to introduce the concept of travel, perhaps by getting books out of the library that have the child's favorite characters in travel situations. You can do role play. You can teach with video. Mm-hmm. And how wonderful that we live in the age of video now and everything is available. Everybody else's trips or videos are offered by the suppliers of any aspect of a vacation you're going to take. So you can watch those in advance. And you can also do mini experiences, which I talk a lot about, whether that means before a camping trip, you might set out a, a teepee in the backyard. And, you know, experiment that way for a night. Or if your child has never slept in a bedroom other than their own, to stay at a, an inexpensive hotel for one night or at a friend's house or relative's house. So you can see how the child reacts and you can find what the triggers are going to be before the big expensive trip. So there are a lot of ways to have many experiences, even if it's just going to a local restaurant that has different kind of food than the child is used to, or it's going to a local zoo, an aquarium, even a yard sale can be called a scavenger hunt or a tour. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure a lot of parents are, again, like they're worried about trying about over committing, right? And they're wanting to manage expectations. I'm sure if I asked you, can it be done? You're going to say yes, right? Because you have the book here. But yeah, what about that piece of understanding? Yes, this can be done. We can travel. We can make a plan. We can do it. But right, we want to start small or start incrementally, kind of manage our expectations or build up to bigger trips as we go. But yeah you know, being realistic when we're starting that, right, it's a new experience and we need to start with experiences that we want to build with. What's your advice in that regard? Yeah. Well, first of all, I would create a child-centric vacation. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is first pace it to the child's abilities and interests. So the reason I called it traveling different was because you are going to travel differently than you did before you had children. You're not going to visit six different locations in a day, which is going to just have your child on your back and you'll be carrying a nine-year-old around on your back asleep. You know, maybe you have one activity in the day and spend the rest of the afternoon in front of a television or in front of a swimming pool and sort of a nice segue into dinner because even though it might not be the trip you had imagined, it's the trip that your child's going to remember fondly. And the whole point of the trip was to build great memories and create a bonding experience. And you're not going to do that if you're schlepping around and trying to get everything squeezed into one one thing. The other thing is to get the child's buy-in. So what you might do is work with a travel professional. And if you do have children on the spectrum, you might consider working with a certified autism travel professional. And I do explain how to get a hold of one. There are hundreds in the country. And you can vet a number of different vacation options and then leave it up to your child to make the decision. Because you there is no wrong answer. You've already approved these vacation ideas. And now your child has some skin in the game and a vested interest in the trip working out well. So if they're of an ability level that they can do that, why not give them some purchase? Help let them pick out some of the clothes that they're going to bring from home. Let them help pack. Let them pick out different activities during the day. Again, all pre-approved by you in advance. 
And then if they have a special interest, as many children do, especially those on the spectrum, why not build the vacation around those special interests? If you have a child who loves dinosaurs, why aren't you going to a location that has a couple of dinosaur museums? Mm -hmm. Because even if that is not the main focus of the trip, if the child has that to look forward to, it's going to make the more mundane aspects of the trip easier for them to bear because they've got something to look forward to. In my work, I've collaborated directly with hundreds of educators to support their success. Do you know which of their ed tech frustrations comes up time and again? The sheer number of tools out there and the difficulty of knowing which ones schools like theirs are using to get results. IXL is different. Not only does it perform the functions of dozens of tools, it's currently delivering results for one in four U.S. students, including those in 95 of the top 100 districts. Another major pain point that comes up when a school is excited to implement a new tool only to find out the teachers hate it. Yikes. It helps to know that IXL is loved and trusted by more than one million teachers, saving them time on prep work while enabling them to better support student learning. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non-IXL schools on state assessments. And independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies that IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results combined with IXL's teacher-friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? If you have a goal to increase achievement for all students, make sure to find out what IXL can do for you. Visit IXL.com forward slash BE for a demo. That's IXL.com forward slash BE. I actually wouldn't mind stopping and letting you give even more of a pitch for travel professionals or travel agents. It's something that I've been a big believer in for years, and I'm always surprised by how many People try to plan everything on their own still. And of course, the internet makes it feel like everything's in proximity, but there's so much work that goes into it. So many things you're trying to figure out. And I think even a misunderstanding around what that resource is that's available, what it provides, how it helps, and how it really can alleviate a lot of the stresses that go along with trip planning and allow you to kind of focus on the ones that are more personal that you really know that you need to touch on when you're planning for your family. Yeah, I'm a big advocate of working with travel professionals. Normally, if they do charge a fee, it'll be a nominal fee. Many won't charge anything because they're paid a commission by whoever they book, whatever right. suppliers <clears throat> they book. And to me, it's like travel insurance. You want to make sure that your travel is going to go as well as possible. And who better, if you, especially if you have a child on the spectrum, but even if you don't, someone who's trained with children who have those challenges is going to be mm -hmm. even a greater resource for a child who's neurotypical and has no challenges. So why not go to someone who's going to know which resorts, which cruise lines, which hotels are going to have low sensory rooms are going to have maps that will tell you what areas of a theme park are going to be quieter so they have a place to decompress or about the signage at SeaWorld that'll let you know after this point, these are the smells you're going to smell. So if your child has a problem with the smell of fish, maybe you don't want to go and have the seals fed and have the child get sick. Mm -hmm. Now it's up to the child's sensibilities and sensitivities. So again, planning the trip with the child in mind, why not go to somebody who's skilled in putting that together? 
Yeah, absolutely. Are there particular types of trips, whether it relates to the mode of travel, the mode of transportation, there's a variety of options there, or just the destination that are good, I would say, building blocks. Well, I would say you want to start domestically and perhaps you want to start with a road trip. Mm-hmm. which you can build up little by little because the beauty of being in your car is that you're in charge. You know when you're going to stop. You know when you're going to start. You can pick times which are not rush hour. You can map out an itinerary that'll stop in playgrounds if your child is going to need to let off some steam. You can pick hotels. I always recommend a hotel with a kitchenette and perhaps a swimming pool if that's how your child gets their sensory assistance. Mm-hmm. You know, Swimming pools are great for letting off steam, so to speak or has a playground, or has a check-in that you don't have to go through the main lobby. Maybe you can do it through your phone. There are a lot of different tips for how to encounter that. If you choose to, you want to go by land, but you want to spend more time focusing on the child than on the road, you might think of taking Amtrak, Mm -hmm. because the scenic car might be a great place for the child to walk. I mean, you can walk through the train, which, you know, if the child's getting anxious or itchy to move, you have that ability. And if you feel like you don't want to be around people all the time on longer trips, there are roomettes that you can book and then you'll have your own bathroom. You'll have a quiet place to eat your meal. If the child doesn't want to go to the dining car, there's a lot to keep them busy. So that's another option. Plus Amtrak will give you a very liberal baggage policy because Mm, if you're traveling with a child, especially on the spectrum, you're going to want to perhaps bring the sheets and blankets from home that have a familiar texture and scent that they're used to. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a harder time doing that if you're flying. But if you are taking the train or driving, you have more room in your luggage. Also, their toys to bring along what are absolute essentials. For the same reason, I kind of like cruises because you can sample an international trip, say, to the islands without a long flight. You unpack once and you don't. You can mm-hmm. go to a lot of different destinations without packing and repacking. Ships are generally large enough that there's something for everyone. And the kids right. clubs have specially trained staff that can work with children, whether they have invisible disabilities or not. And when you're in port, rather than go off the ship and maybe deal with a shore excursion that's going to be a bit much for them, you can stay on board. And that's when most of the people are gone and you can really enjoy the amenities on board. So there's a lot of pluses to cruising as well. And now a quick break for a word from our sponsor, MyFlex Learning. Let's talk about flex time in schools. The potential benefits to our students make it totally worth exploring. There's more time for personalized learning, increased choice and agency for students and the increased engagement that comes along with it, dedicated time for intervention, and overall as school leaders, It provides you and your faculty more tools to increase academic achievement. But the implementation and management of flex time can be a challenge. Tricky logistics and a lack of clear accountability systems can prevent teachers from buying in. It can hold you back from ensuring students make good use of their time. That's why I'm pleased to share that MyFlex Learning provides a solution to these challenges and more. MyFlex Learning helps you create and manage flexible time for any purpose. And with the seamless SIS integration, a student locator, flexible daily rostering, and intuitive mobile app, it eliminates the common challenges of implementation and management. If you want to see for yourself, visit myflexlearning.com forward slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off the first year of use. 
That's myflexlearning.com forward slash BE. You'll learn all about MyFlex Learning, what it can do for your school, and you'll receive a $500 off offer for your first year. Check it out. Wow. I think with a lot of those ideas, I mean, of course, part of the, a child's anxieties may be around crowds and strangers and other people, but also that's one of the things as a parent, when you're planning your first flight, for example, right, you're more concerned about, well, if this doesn't go well, we're stuck here and how are all these other people going to react? It's not so much, we're all used to our own children and it's not that it's that much of a concern, but it's about, okay, what we're kind of in this crowd of people and now we don't know what to do it, but some of the road trips, having private quarters on the trains and you know your stateroom on the cruise, right? There's more options there for having a controlled environment or where yeah. just the family's around and you're not stuck right. in a plane that's in the air and that's what's going to happen. But I wouldn't let the worries about what other people mm -hmm. are going to think keep you hung up about not traveling on a plane because that was what the main fear was of most of the people I interviewed was that people were going to judge their children. And in the end, who cares what the other people think? But your only priority is your child. You're never going to see those people again. And we've all been on the plane with the crying child. And you know what? The flight ends and you'll never see those people again. And you're as entitled to go on that trip as anyone else. Mm -hmm. So don't get hung up on, oh, what will people think? And have that stop your child from becoming a global citizen and from you from getting a break. Right. Right. And usually when we're in the shoes of the other person, we're thinking, I don't really mind. Right? This, this isn't bothering me or I can't. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> annoying, but you know what? It will end and people get over it. Yeah, on my you know, recent flight, there was a fair amount of turbulence and it was the adults that were really doing all the screaming. So yeah. that's kind of how it goes. <laughs> I, I wanted to come back to the child-centric vacations, as you mentioned, planning according to what works best for children and their stamina, right? And their duration and their attention span. And a part of that, of course, requires adults to put themselves in the shoes of the child and really think about what are they experiencing? What's fun for them? What's a little too much? And so I think there's even a little more to touch on there as far as that process of really understanding what makes sense for an itinerary for just a day-to-day -day plan. For example, if you're within a certain geographic range or it's a short flight to Disney, right? And your child is three years old, one day might be about as much as you can, you might not be able to do a whole week, things like that. But just really thinking about that ahead of time, of course, again, before you've overcommitted, and then you're in a position where you're either really battling your kids and trying to make them have fun beyond their limit, or you just realize, okay, we're not really going to do everything that we had already planned for. Yeah, it's essential that you really know your child and you go over a daily schedule with them a number of times before you settle on what you're going to do. And before I took a child to a theme park out of town, I would perhaps go to a local theme park or state fair or something locally so mm -hmm. they you can get a sense of how they're going to react. Because I had one child that absolutely hated theme parks and another one who loved them, mm -hmm. you know, and it would have been a mistake to keep going with the one that hated it. 
for the same reason that the one that loved theme parks really hated London. Mm -hmm. And he was very put out that the one museum that we had excited him about, which was a rock and roll museum, had closed, which is mm. another reason to double check all the information on my right. book before you go, because things change. And that book yeah. was written a couple of years ago, even though it came out in August, the research was done a while ago. Always double check before you go on every aspect. And that goes for if you have a child on the spectrum and I've listed a hotel that says they're autism friendly or they're a certified autism center. You should absolutely call and say, how did you get your designation? Because there are a number of entities that certify. Mm -hmm. What does it mean? What exactly do you offer? And you figure out if what they offer is right for your child. And also, when do they offer it? Because there are some museums where they might offer a low sensory afternoon one Saturday a month, and that might not be the Saturday you're in town. So double check everything. And check in with your child during the trip too, because you can tweak things as you go along and you don't have to get into a situation where everything is going badly and you're going to push through because, you know, you paid for this trip. Mm -hmm. You can make adjustments as you go along to make it something that everybody, you know, you can salvage a trip that's going badly. Right. What about safety? How do parents make sure they're keeping their children safe while traveling? Yeah, it's really important. And I, I spoke to a number of parents and got some really good tips. One is one parent would take pictures of their children every morning in the clothes they were wearing that day. So God forbid the child got away from them, they would have the best way of identifying them. Mm -hmm. Another would write their phone number, like their cell number where they can be reached during the trip yeah. on the arm of the child and cover it with a liquid bandage. So if the child sweat or if there was rain, it wouldn't wash away. Some parents would sew a GPS into the child's clothing because they had children who eloped, which means they ran off and they had a history of this. So they weren't right. going to leave anything to chance. I mean, worse comes to worse, some parents use tethers. You know, mm -hmm. it might sound like it's a kind of inhumane thing to do. But in the end, if the child has some freedom and you also have that feeling of comfort that they're not going to get away, you're both going to be more relaxed because if you're anxious, the child's going to pick up on that too. Right. And that's an important part of all of it is while we are in this case, predominantly focused on planning a trip where our children are going to enjoy themselves. If we're not enjoying ourselves, then the everybody's going to be having a bad time. Right? Yeah. And the important thing to remember when you're planning the child-centric vacation and you're thinking, darn it, this is my vacation too. And I've worked all year and I want to have fun is if the child's not having fun, you're not going to have fun. You had your time to travel and you will again, but right now this is the child's vacation and you've got to make it special for them. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any particular resources or organizations or anything that you would like to highlight? For example, you mentioned Amtrak earlier, right? One of the good well, things about Amtrak typically is you have transferable funds where if you book your tickets and something happens or your plans get disrupted, you might be able to transfer them to another trip, things, things like that, or just even other organizations that offer support. The resources that I really recommend are the certified autism travel professionals. I would, if you get my book, I have, a, I mean, too many to list here of the resources just for autism in general or other invisible disabilities like ADHD, Tourette's, bipolar. I would, look at autismtravel.com. The thing about autismtravel.com is it is going to list some great locations and resorts 
that have been certified by IBCCES and have the certifi Certified Autism Center designation, but it's going to ignore all the other organizations like Champion Autism Network and Sensory City and Culture City, the ones that I have, I've tried to include everything. And the ones that I've left out because the book had to go to press sometime, I try to highlight as often as I can on my social media and also at travelingdifferent.com, where I've also written some follow-up stories and things I didn't think about at the time of writing right. the book that came to me afterward. And so I update and augment the book through that blog. Excellent. So Don, you mentioned travelingdifferent.com and you have some blogs on there and some additional resources. Is there anything else there that listeners should check out or anywhere else they should, you know, or can learn more about your work? Well, if you go to travelingdifferent.com, you've got all that information, except my fiction is at dmbar.com. I would say if you, if you purchase the book, or even if you don't want to purchase the book, because I know it, the publishers put a high price on it, Ask your library to order it so you have access to it. And then everybody can read it because I think it's an important book to have. It's like a checklist of what to think about. Mm -hmm. I've broken it up into what to think about before you travel, how to get there, what to do when you're there, and where to stay. And then I have a whole chapter at the end that talks about special interest travel based on the special interests of the children and where you can investigate those special interests, whether it's dinosaurs, which I mentioned before, or it's quarries or elevators. I mean, I knew one mom whose son loved elevators. And when you think about it, that's a great sort of interest right. to have because every hotel has an elevator. Right, right, right. So also I talk about sports vacations and how those can be therapeutic, especially if they're individual sports like golf or scuba or snorkeling or surfing, which is something I covered in the blog after I wrote the book or dude ranches and communing with horses and there's lots of individual skiing. There's a lot of adaptive sports that might be of interest. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, so listeners, you can go to travelingdifferent.com. You can learn more about the book there. You can find out all the different places to purchase it wherever you get your books. Regardless, if children on the autism spectrum or you just have young children, you're trying to plan trips, you can save yourself a lot of time. But if you're putting it off and you're kind of nervous and not sure if you should go for it, you can learn more about these ideas and really get started. And you also will come up with some ideas for the types of trips that you might not be familiar with, right? There's trips that we may not have taken in our childhood or as single people before we had kids that you learn about ideas. Oh, this could be a good idea. Case in point, my son right now is into dinosaurs and I got to hurry up and plan a dinosaur trip while he still likes them because who knows, <laughs> pretty soon he'll be on to something else. So, <laughs> yeah. so that's travelingdifferent.com. Listeners, you know, the link for that is below. Dawn's other information and social media is below. Please do subscribe to The Authority for more in-depth author interviews like this one or visit bpodcast.network to learn about all of our shows. Dawn, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. This has been The Authority Podcast, hosted by Ross Romano, edited by Gage Sanderson. Do you want to simplify your school's technology? save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments, you can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals.
That's IXL.com forward slash B-E.